standby. Hello. Thank you for choosing the Lackadaisical Libricubiculars podcast. Without further delay, here is your host, Jordan Maywood. Hello! Welcome to the Librocube. My name is Jordan Maywood, and I am the Lackadaisical Librocubiculist. Yes, sorry, Bob. Today is a TV Tuesday. I shorten it to TV rather than saying television for brevity's sake. However, occasionally I will explain that fact, which takes out all brevity that may have been accrued with the use of TV over television. Silly, silly me. Something I like to say at the top of every show is that there will be spoilers, please. Have no worries or thoughts with regards to the amount of heed that I have. Take all of my heed with regards hmm, to this spoiler warning, please. Another thing I like to say is that if you like what you hear, the only payment I ask is a million dollars. A million dollars American. (laughs) Ah, boy. (coughs) Oh, joke a little on that one. That is ridiculous. The only payment I ask is perhaps you pass the podcast on to a friend. Perhaps you rate, subscribe, and comment within iTunes. Because that is what helps podcasts grow and become things. Things, I say. That will, of course, take us into our last piece of podcast-related business, which is today's sponsor, which is... Steve's Fries and American Cheese Curds Poutine Palace. Once again, today's sponsor is Steve's Fries and American Cheese Curds Poutine Palace. Thank you to them. Today on this TV Tuesday, I have one show and one show only. However, within said show, I have brought back Six episodes, and I just want to say on the note of six episodes of one show in one episode of a TV Tuesday of the Lackadaisical Liberal Keeper List, it's not going to fit in. Yeah, there's no way I'm going to fit all of this in on my drive to work, which is what I need to do. So, we're just going to kind of see how far it goes in, and then enjoy the experience uh, from from that point. Okay. It's like, uh, say, say you got a really, really big cock. You're just gonna stick it in as far as it goes and just enjoy what goes in and don't worry about the rest, right? I assume? I mean, uh, I know from experience, yeah? The show in question is called, uh, Stephen Fry in America, in which a certain Stephen Fry, who you may know, I hope you do know, because he's a super, super funny, smart, well-read, and written dude from across the pond. Uh, I think he's probably someone who, even if you don't recognize the name Stephen Fry, if you type that into Google, get a look at his mug, you're going to know who I'm talking about. Anyways, I've been a big fan of his for many, many years, so when I saw he had a television program in which he uh, traveled around all 50 U.S. states... Uh, I hopped right on board. The other thing that is sort of a bonus here is that this show, which is, uh, I should perhaps specify, a six-part BBC miniseries, I guess you could call it, appears for free, and I can't imagine legally, but maybe it is, on YouTube. Yeah. So, 
you can check it out there at your convenience and free pleasureness. Wow. The roads are not great today, so occasionally my concentration may drift to my driving, which is sometimes going to happen when you live in a country that has lots of snow and record a podcast while driving. Sometimes the snow will impede your podcast. It's just a matter of life. Life. Kind of how at one point during this travel documentary, which I guess is what it is when you boil it down, Stephen Fry had a broken arm. Uh, never actually got into how he broke his arm, but trooper that he is, he did, as they say, go on, as the show must do, just as I must go on, despite these roads not being great today. <sighs> Anyways, uh, the first episode was called uh, A New World in which he traveled around the states in New England. Uh, which, as far as American states go, I think probably if I wanted to live in the states, mm, I think those would be the most Canadian-like, the, the New England ones. Anyways, that's sort of the impression I've built over the years. I don't know how accurate it is. Uh, I think, if anything, this documentary has sort of fortified that underlying impression, so that's something. And that's a compliment, by the way, <laughs> being a proud Canadian. One of the sort of, I guess, impetuses for uh, Mr. Stephen Fry doing this is the fact that he was almost uh, born in America, was almost, I guess, by that fact, an American. Uh, it just turned out that his father had a choice of taking a job in England or taking a job in uh, the U.S., he's like a super, super smart guy as well. I've read uh, one of Stephen Fry's biographies, and his father, was he a scientist, if you recall? Anyways, uh, it was just sort of a, a twist of fate that he was not, in fact, American. So that's how he sort of prefaced the reason for doing this. His first stop uh, was Maine. Oh, uh, just on that note, the way I started writing my notes for this were state by state. But that kind of ended up not making sense for the reason that my notes would have been like 20 pages long if I had kept doing it that way. So uh, eventually I reach a point where my notes are just sort of point form, cool things that happen, not necessarily which state they happened in. So there's sort of further reason to go check this out so you can see where um, my notes take place in what state. Yeah, that makes as much sense as anything I do. Uh-huh. But first, we start off state by state. For example, in Maine, apparently, and uh, it sounded almost like this is something that is kind of known within the United States, definitely in Maine, but uh, that that's where some of the hardest workers in all of the United States of America hail from, is Maine. Uh, Stephen Fry was spending time with some lobster fishermen, which I suppose makes sense if you're going to go to Maine and learn about that state, Maine lobsters, uh -huh, makes a sort of sense, which a lot of the places he stopped follow that same sort of sense. That's a tough life, I think, any sort of fisherman. I don't think I would have it in me. Uh, next, moved on to, uh, and I may not be in 100% order, <laughs> next went, moved on to New Hampshire, New Hampshire, where uh, he met up with uh, Mitt Romney, very, very briefly, Mitt Romney was doing some press a uh, bit of a junket to get some votes, I guess. Yeah, so uh, a little behind the scenes as far as politics in the United States, which is a, which is, I imagine, 
and I think most people do, very, very different than politics in any other country. Yeah, it's just a, just a whole wild sort of animal, that. Which, his next move into Washington, uh, didn't actually touch too much on politics. That's strange. Uh, went up a mountain in a little uh, train, and trains have a sort of theme throughout of the building of America. Other than subway, I don't think I've ever been on a train. This was a full-flight, uh, like, coal-powered, old-school locomotive, steam steam driven which uh there's actually one around me somewhere like close to where i live within like an hour's drive i know there's one that was sort of brought back from not being used for a very very long time and you can go you know take the kids have a ride on it that's kind of what this felt like next we move on to vermont which uh, apparently and i was unaware of this has lots of cows lots of dairy cows which made for stephen fry's trip to ben and jerry's uh, makes sense. Mm -hmm. Also, that's where it's located. Ben and Jerry's, as you know, the ice cream maker's gonna need some milk from said cows. <laughs> this one was cool because, uh, Stephen got to make his own flavor. I forget what it was called. He had a funny name for it, as he does, because he's a funny dude. Very quick-witted. I'm not necessarily you're gonna go see a Stephen Fry stand-up. However, uh, one of the quickest-witted people I think you will ever witness. Uh, eventually, I think, makes his way to New York City, but we start off in sort of uh, upstate New York, where he goes to this really cool cottage. Uh, I think that was my favorite uh, favorite bit of this, just to look at this cottage. Log cabin-y cottage, totally old school, heads on walls, just friggin' crazy stuff. Real old world feel, as if the pioneers had built this cottage to get away from um, New York City? No, that doesn't make sense, but still. Yeah, but still. Moving on to Boston. <laughs> this part I liked as well because he went to a tea party, which, Boston Tea Party, yeah, there you go. Uh, but it was a tea party in which there was witches. Yeah, um, witches. I don't know if Boston, well, I guess the whole New England witches, Salem witch trials, yeah, I guess it's all in there. <laughs> but th these are sort of new-agey witches. And people like that, I, I cannot get my mind around. Like, religious people in general, believing in any of that. But then, I don't know why, in my brain, for some reason, it should be on the same level, that witchcraft is as ridiculous as, quote-unquote, normal religions, because they're both just a bunch of gobbledygook. So why do I have in my brain one being stranger and more ridiculous than the other, when they are really, to an outside viewer who knows nothing of religions, probably equally insane. Hmm. How about that for a thought? Getting a little religious, religiosity in that. Uh, New York City, he drove around with a taxi cab driver. Oh yeah, well that makes sense. Oh, you know what, that reminds me, on that note, apparently Stephen Fry, his car his standard everyday car when he is living in England, uh, I believe he lives in London, is a taxi cab. Like a, uh, it, does, it doesn't look like one of our North American ta taxi cabs. It looks like, I suppose, the taxi cabs over there look like. So, for the purposes of this journey, he, uh, I was going to say he had one flown over, but uh, the steering wheels on the, as we would say, the correct side, and not the, the side it would be over there. So maybe he had one made? I don't know. 
Now, was it just for the purposes of him having a car he's comfortable with? Uh, there were some scenes where it worked out he and another person would be sitting in the back and being filmed, and these things seem pretty roomy in the back, so that kind of made sense. I guess someone else was driving during those times. Okay, my next note here says, no longer notes by state. So uh, that was at the point where I realized that I couldn't have my notes by state. They had to sort of go note to note, not necessarily each state. Uh, he went to a Italian gentleman's club while in New York. Unfortunately, not a gentleman's club in the sense of naked ladies dancing, more in the sense of, uh, I guess not outright said, but come on, uh, mafia-run and inhabited Italian gentleman's club, that kind of thing, Sopranos-y, you might even go so far as to say. <laughs> that was interesting. There was, like, some bullet holes in the door. It was a little on the shady side. Yeah, i got to be honest with you. There was a very brief scene where uh, he was driving Sting around in the cab in New York. Yeah, I didn't really spend much time on that, but... Whatever, I made a note. Okay, so let's move on to the next one, which is Deep South. Hmm. And this, he pointed this out at the very top of this Deep South episode. And uh, as soon as he did, I realized it was true for me as well. And have uh, we both, apparently, and probably not alone in this, have a sort of fascination with the Deep South of the United States of America. Because it's kind of an interesting place, is it not? It's almost like when you picture New York City, L.A., uh, Middle America, they all sort of kind of fit together with one another. But then you go to the Deep South, and it's almost like it's its own separate entity. The people just sort of radically different from people elsewhere in the country. Is that a compliment or a not nice thing to say? I will leave that up to you because I'm not sure. For Stephen Fry, it seems to be a compliment. He went to a coal mine. Uh, yeah, that's one of those... That's one of those like the fishermen, where I, I don't think I would have it in me. And not for the reason that I'm claustrophobic or anything, but it's the combination of possibly dying and back-breaking work. Mm, yeah, doesn't appeal to me. Call me crazy. He went to a distillery. Oh, yeah, I like that. Uh, went in a hot hair balloon ride, which... Uh, I am not a fan of heights, but uh, I don't know if that if I would be able to do that because my fear of heights is like ladder height, like being up on a high ladder I don't like, but say being on top of a tall building like I've been up to the top of the CN Tower a couple of times and that didn't uh, that didn't bother me so maybe hot air balloon once we get up there it wouldn't bug me I don't know and I think the fact that you're like enclosed in a basket would help too if you have been in a hot air balloon ride and are scared of heights and are listening to this, let me know uh, how it went. <laughs> there was a scene here where he got on a horse and uh, before he even started, he prefaced it by saying, uh, I don't like horses and they don't like me. I've been told multiple times that horses I was about to get on were very, very friendly and they ended up not being so. So <laughs> the fact that he got on this horse, that all the sort of women around him repeatedly said, yeah, this is the tamest horse, wouldn't hurt a fly. This is who we use for uh, beginners. This is who we use for people who've never even been on a horse. Uh, he gets up on top of this thing, and the horse takes off, man. Like He's like, whoa, stop, 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 like freaking out. And uh, I imagine I would be too. <laughs> so he said, uh, that's, that's it. 
that is the last time I will be on a horse, um, ever. So that makes me think, what's he going to do when he gets to, like, Texas? I, I guess, not horse riding. Uh, lastly, this one's sort of rounded up in Miami? Yeah, he was not a big fan of Miami. I kind of thought this show as a whole was going to be a little like his trip here to Miami, where he had not, not nice things to say. But uh, that very infrequently, if ever, came up. His sort of, I don't know if derision is the right word, but it probably was for the city of Miami. He called it uh, revolting. Mm -hmm. Just for example, that's what he called it. And it was more, I, I think, just the sense of quote-unquote style that Miami has that he does not find at all appealing or interesting. Not so much the people or anything like that, just the, the style, yeah. Which I could see, because when you watch uh, Dexter, that takes place in Miami, some of the, the visuals of the, of the landscape and the people's attire is not, um, I don't know, appealing to some, I could see. Within Miami, there is a very uh, off ratio of women to men, especially, I guess, in the elder sect. So, because there are so many women and not very many men, the men can go to these clubs, halls, dance floors, what have you, and uh, be paid to dance with these ladies and spend time with them. <laughs> and this is just sort of a regular, everyday thing that happens in Miami, which amused me. So I wrote it down. Uh, lastly, in this episode was... I forget what state it was in. Maybe it was Alabama? Uh, anyways, uh, Stephen Fry went to a college football game and pointed out that... This college football game, and it was it wasn't an exhibition match, but it wasn't it wasn't sort of any great importance the match either. Had so many thousands and thousands of people, so many cheerleaders and bands. At one point, friggin' jets flew overhead. Just so much, uh, I guess you could say, pomp and circumstance that uh, it blew his mind that even though this is again college and not a big game. Uh, Americans love their sports to this degree that it's just insane. It is insanity. These fans are, in fact, fanatical. He was both amazed, I think, possibly a little repulsed, possibly an overall sense of awe. Uh, when they sang the national anthem, he even got a little, uh, little tear going. This scene right here is actually the reason that I wanted to watch this whole schmazzle because uh, they had this clip on air of this this college match and him going to it, and I watched that, and then I thought, man, the show looks really good. And then I saw that online the entire six episodes were on YouTube, so decided to watch all of them. Folks, uh, I'm just about at home. At home. Just about at work, so uh, as predicted, didn't get very far. The next one was uh, the Mississippi regions, then there's mountains and plains, yada yada. And overall, very, very good show. Give it high marks, go four, maybe five out of five. Enjoyful. I hope you enjoyed this fully. One final thing to say, which is, of course, it is nice to be nice to the nice. Thank you for listening. We here in the Liberal Cube would love to hear from you. If for any reason you would like to contact us, you can do so via the email address mailwood.jordan at gmail.com. And now I have a theory.
I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. No, something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day. You ain't seen nothing yet. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? The best is yet to come, come the day you're mine. Live long and prosper.